Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan Myler, Matt Price, and Ryan McDowell, all three of us in the booth today. It's a three-man booth, and we're excited to bring you this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast, episode number 583 is brought to you by League Tycoon. And if you haven't heard of League, League Tycoon, I spoke about it last week. I started started a league over there, a salary cap league. And if you've been listening for a while, you probably know I love salary cap leagues. League Tycoon, I got to tell you, is one of the best platforms, if not the best, that I've played on so far. All I've really experienced is the draft. And we just uh, finished that up. It's an auction draft gotta say I, I built a pretty good team i'm gonna be writing an article about my team building strategy i got a little assistant assistance from ryan mcdowell on it as well the the platform is so user-friendly their app is so great i gotta tell you if you haven't tried league T- tycoon go to your computer go to your phone type it in right now leaguetycoon.com their auctions are so much fun to participate in only because it's so user-friendly the experience is so great uh, the chat is right there in the league. You get uh, messages saying when when a player has been nominated. You get messages when uh, there's any smack talk in the league or somebody gets sniped uh, right to your phone. So you might be in the middle of work, get that message, see that somebody got nominated, a player got nominated that you were interested in. You immediately go bid, and that just uh, really sets off a ricochet effect throughout the entire league. Everybody's on there all the time, 24-7. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. Um, again, leaguetycoon.com. Check it out. And if you if you want to join, use the code DLF, and that'll get you that'll get you a free entry for year one. So um, check it out and let us know what you think about it. Let let us know what you like it, about it on Twitter or X or whatever. So we got a lot to get to, guys. And I'd like to. We got to talk about. We're gonna get to Cooper Cup here in a second. We're going to do a dynasty mock draft, but it's it's going to be a bust mock. We did this a year ago. There were some good picks. There were a couple picks that maybe our listeners cringed at. We'll probably do a couple of those this <laughs> this week, too. Uh, and then we're going to get to some listener questions, which is going to be a staple of the show throughout the season as well. But uh, first, let's get to the startup. The startup. You know, I usually introduce you guys. And ask you how you doing, but we'll skip all the pleasantries this week. No, just kidding. Matt, you're here. Uh, you ready to roll? You yeah. ready for the season to kick off? Any minute here, look at your watch. Gosh, I just can't wait. Like, I can't believe we're finally here. Just the way it has been uh, brutal this year. I think I mentioned last week, I thought the preseason was a little di- di- bit disappointing. Um, but uh, I'm so ready for real football. And we got a great one to start us off on Thursday. Can't wait for 
uh, that Lions Chiefs matchup. Yeah, Ryan, your uh, anticipation level has to be going through the roof as well. You're ready to set those lineups. I'm sure you've already set them. What am I th- talking about? Yeah, of course. Of course, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's part of the fun. I'm surprised um, the offseason has been so rough on Matt. He's had 18 vacations this offseason. <laughs> uh, but, you know, some of us had to actually suffer just uh, just just biding our time until we got real football. But it's it's back this week and we're ready for it. Yeah, it's real. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Matt mentioned that opener, but really the opening week schedule. And a lot of times week one is a little bit lax because the defenses are ahead of the offenses in week one. And, you know, not everybody's like fully ready to play a complete NFL game because they hardly play in the preseason, but I don't care. It's going to be awesome. I don't want to hear any complaints from anybody saying, oh, week one sucks. That That's not going to fly over here. Let's get to this startup. It is Cooper Cup. He pulls the hamstring. Again, Ryan, now he's seizing a specialist. McVay called him day-to-day, but, you know, a 30-year-old receiver, 30-plus-year-old receiver with multiple injuries in the preseason feels like maybe they were trying to rush him back. He wasn't ready, obviously. They say maybe for week one, they're still saying. I don't know, maybe by, by the time people are listening to this, that's been crossed out. But to me, it feels like we can call it. He's not playing in week one. I think we'd be lucky to see him by week four or five or six at this point after this new strain came up. Yeah, that's where I am with it as well, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I mean, it's kind of the same story as always. We we hate to see things like this, uh, not because of who's on our fantasy roster or anything like that, but he's one of the best players in the game. And and those are the guys we really look forward to uh, watching and, Um, I mean, this is, this is a bigger situation than just, uh, when will Cooper cups hamstring be ready? It's in a lot of ways, I think it could be similar to Kyler Murray and Arizona in that we're not sure if this team wants to win games. Um, they seem to be trending down really in all areas. And, you know, if, if this Cooper cup thing is going to be a six week injury, it, it, they might be willing to stretch it even longer than that uh, in order to ensure a high draft pick. I completely agree. And cup was magnificent again, early last year. I I think there's some people out there that think, Oh, Cooper cup, he, he stunk last year. That's that stinks. You know, it was the injury, right? That's what knocked him out going into uh, I think it was week nine or 10, whatever it was. Um, he was the number one fantasy receiver in PPR leagues, and he was running away with it. 75 catches for over 800 yards and six touchdowns. He was just peppered with targets, Matt. And I think the expectation this year was that with Stafford healthy again and all by all accounts in Los Angeles, he's ready to go and, and looking like the Matthew Stafford of pre-injury. But now with this second injury to Cup, and you, you you have him in multiple leagues, right? You've invested for years in Cooper Cup. He's 30 now. What what's your tolerance to this injury? Are you are you fading him now? Are you gonna try to get out or are you gotta gotta hold on in Dynasty? I I feel like I have to hold on at this point with the shares. I did buy, I think maybe one share this offseason for, you know, probably a late 24 first or what I hope is that, you know, not having cup is certainly going to make that more difficult. Um, and he was certainly a veteran receiver that I thought was worth investing that that late first in 2024 in uh, for a strong contending team. And now it's now it's tough, you know, like the the, the market is 
it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's up and down. It's, it's, but it's strong. I, I don't think I'm selling for a second, but is anybody going to pay a first at this point? We do have some recent trades in the trade finder. If you want to get out, there's certainly ones out there. I don't think you're really getting Mark Andrews and Michael Pittman anymore after news of the second one, but that was out there a couple of days ago, cup for Pickens in a second. You know, that's a really tough when we talk about, especially Ryan talks about buying back years. That's a heck of a way to buy back years. That feels a little bit light for me if Cup does come back and plays, you know, most of the season, but it's scary with this, this hamstring. We know how they linger. So um, there's a couple other deals out there, but it's just, it's, it's, it's tough right now if you are counting on him as a contender because you're in limbo, right? You, 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 you're a contending team, so you want him, but also do you want to cut your losses and get out? I think I'm probably going to keep uh, holding on and hope we get, you know, the back half of the season as a, you know, that, that top, top three kind of producer that we think he and know he can be. Ryan, you feel like you can get Pickens in a second for him right now? Uh, yeah. In the right league. I think so. Um, my, my favorite trade actually here um, that we have on the trade finder is Cooper Cup and a second rounder for Stefan Diggs. So we've yeah. grouped those we've grouped those veteran receivers um, so you know so tightly over the past couple of years, Cup and Diggs and Adams and uh, Tyree Kill as well. Assuming you've got a got Cooper Cup and you're making this type of trade, I, I'm going to assume that that team. Uh, looks at themselves as as contenders this year. So just for the cost of a future second, if you can pivot to Diggs or really either of the other guys, Adams, Tyreek, um, anybody in that kind of that range, I think that's certainly worth it. So I guess the, there's there's got to be a fallout. There's got to be a player that if Cup misses time and especially extended time, that dynasty managers might be able to plug in their lineup that maybe they wouldn't be able to before you could, you could go with the veterans like Tyler Higby uh, or maybe even Van Jefferson, who's in line to be an outside starter this year, um, perhaps take a step forward for the Rams, or maybe you go with the young guy, Puka Nakua, Ryan, is there, is there somebody specific that you're willing to click on early in the season that maybe you wouldn't have because cups out? Well, I think Higby was already kind of in line to have a big season, um, kind of really undervalued in dynasty, undervalued in all formats this offseason, in my opinion, and a guy who potentially could have been the second target on that team if everyone was healthy. Um, so certainly feel good about him. I'm still excited about Puka Nakua. He's kind of become a, a favorite of this show. I, I think all three of us like him and think he's been undervalued, still has a fourth round rookie ADP somehow. That's that's crazy. Um, Van Jefferson, I mean, according to the coaches, is the next in line. I'm, I'm just not quite buying it. I mean, that guy hasn't stayed healthy himself. Uh, even last year when there were multiple injuries, he didn't necessarily step up and, and produce. So he's he's fine, but I don't think he becomes a – top 20 fantasy producer in, in, in any way. I, I would agree. I think it's Higby as, is the, as the guy you're looking for for touchdown upside. If this offense is even able to produce many touchdowns while cup is out. And then Nakua is the, 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 the not, you don't want to say a dark throw. Cause I think he's more than that, especially uh, with cup out. Um, but you know, a little less likely to get that guarantee, those guaranteed workload, unless he really shows out early in the season. And Van Jefferson, he's, he's 27 years old. Like even if he has a nice, 
you know, first half of the season before Cup is really healthy again. Like, is that really going to do anything for our dynasty value? I just, in terms of production, I think you can find lots of other options. So why invest in, in someone like Van Jefferson? Yeah, if you got Jefferson on your roster, maybe he's startable at this point yeah. in the flex just because he he does kind of slide into that number one role. All reports out of Los Angeles say he is healthy. He did struggle with some injuries last year, early last year. I think he missed maybe knee injury or ankle, missed five or six weeks. And I don't know if he ever was back to full strength. Again, played it for a few seasons, always banged up, it seems like, Van Jefferson. And then, like you said, Ryan, Nakua – is the guy we're all keeping an eye on. He could he could really really catapult his way up uh, up our rankings really quickly with this opportunity to play with Stefferson or uh, uh, Stafford and company in Los Angeles. Uh, let's get to this rookie bust or excuse me dynasty bust mock draft that we got scheduled here. The DLF. Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. So we're going to go off of our most recent Superflex ADP, August Superflex ADP, top 150 players, and try to identify some players that we think will lose Dynasty value, have a bad season, really, is what we're trying to do here. I actually drew the first pick. Ryan, you have number two, and Matt, you have the third pick in each round. Um, So let's get this started. I'm actually going with Cooper Cup with the number one pick. I am terrified of this injury. It is it, and it really wasn't the the first injury that got me. I thought to myself, well, we got five or six weeks till the season kicks off. No big deal. Cooper Cup's a tough guy, but when he reaggravated it, and you know, we look back on the history of football guys, it's not very often that thirty plus year old receivers have massive seasons. He's still thirty seven overall in our Superflex ADP. That's that's just way too high for me with this injury. Uh, uh, once again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to get back, whether it's week one or week four or five or six, and within a f- couple weeks, he's back on the shelf. And then in a year, we're talking about Cooper Cup, and considering his upside, whether there's a change at quarterback or anywhere else on that on that fr- in that franchise, we're thinking, yeah, he could, but two straight seasons of injuries, over 30 that's too many red flags for me. I'm I'm out on Cooper Cup and those trades that you talked about a minute ago. I'm taking them. I'm I'm willing to sell if I have Cooper Cup on my roster, even if I'm a contender. Yeah, I think uh, I think we can look at Cup as a guy who's certainly in line to lose value. And uh, I actually meant to mention this earlier. I, I saw on Twitter, and uh, unfortunately, I forget who uh, who had this research, but someone essentially searched for hamstring setbacks, which uh, this is what Cooper Cup's uh, issue has been described as. And I think there were four or five players, wide receivers that had had hamstring setbacks over the past few years. All of them missed at least a month of action uh, and and some missed even more. So yeah, to, uh, to look at Cup as a, a guy who could play in week one or two, j- just not going to happen at his age. He's gonna he's gonna bleed value fast if uh, if he's not on the field, and we don't want to get caught up in looking at at injuries in these one or two week section you know segments. But um, that's that's kind of the reality of dynasty, especially once we reach the regular season. So I think I think that one makes a lot of sense. Um, 
I'm going to go with a guy here at, at the second pick who's already lost a ton of dynasty value uh, because this time last year he was 11 overall. Now he's 34 overall, and I think he's going to continue losing value. I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts here. Uh, mm. tight, end, tight end three right now. Did I, did I steal your guy, Matt? You didn't. You definitely did it. That just it just stings a little bit for him to be on this list. That's all. He was a first. Not only on the list, but clearly number two or above for both me and Ryan. <laughs> wow. Wow, sir. You know, I mean, last year was just so, so bad. Obviously the injury, but we can take that out because he played the first uh, 11 weeks or at least 10 weeks. Um as far as we know, uh, as a healthy player, he had two tight end one games, and we know that tight end one bar is very low. He had three games with double digit points. He had five, I'm sorry, six games with less than five fantasy points total on this uh, on that short season for for Pitts. And I mean, of course, the frustrating part is you look at at the changes that that team has undergone this offseason, most notably uh, moving to Desmond Ritter as their quarterback and drafting uh, drafting Bijan Robinson. I think both of those are negatives for Kyle Pitts. Um, I mean, the good news for dynasty players is if I'm right, if he does continue to lose value, we should absolutely be buying and taking any advantage of a discount. He's still young. He's going to out, outlive and outlast Desmond Ritter uh, on that team. He's going to outlast um, that coaching staff. So big picture dynasty. I'm not worried about the player this season. I definitely am. Yeah, I don't have, unfortunately uh, don't have those notes pulled up on pits, but I, I do remember his efficiency stats still being very good despite the the poor numbers. So those, you know, the, the numbers that are predictive indicate that he's still pretty good. So, I, I mean, I, I I totally get it, though. He's going to be frustrating all year, especially if this offense continues to be a low volume. Well, I mean, that was part of the frustration last year was the volume, the volume of targets, volume of counting stats that he was able to produce because he didn't get much of an opportunity. I mean, he's splitting, he was splitting snaps with guys, I, you know, Jonathan. guys I can't even, oh, that's, that's this year, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Patrick Hess or something. I don't know. Is that the guy's name? Uh, I joked on Twitter a couple weeks ago because uh, that guy got cut and I said that it was good news for, for Pitts, but he's literally splitting tight end snaps with guys we've never heard of basically. And and that's not a good way to be a top, uh, a top dynasty asset. Yeah, no, it's, it's fair. It's a, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, I think I'm up at three. I will select. I have two players in the top 50, so I guess we'll start with one of them. I'm going to go with Nick Chubb, 43 overall, running Whoa. back eight. Whoa. I got to hear this. <laughs> I got to uh, hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, I've, I've kind of come around on the thought that Deshaun Watson is just is he's not going to be Deshaun Watson of old mm. and that's going to tank the whole offense. Um, he has a very, and, and I should be, I should be, should clarify on this. I did do this exercise a lot based on their opening schedule. So Cleveland's opening schedule for running backs is uh, it's, it's pretty tough. They've got uh, several top 10 defenses they're facing. They start off with Cincinnati, then Pittsburgh, Tennessee is probably going to be a fairly easy one. And then they go to Baltimore in week four. So they start off with four very difficult defenses. Um, and I just see him, you know, uh, him 
not necessarily getting to where we've lofted him up to all the way all the way up running back eight. You know, we had the the, the Jerome Ford stuff early. That doesn't seem like it's going to be a thing. They traded for Pierre Strong. I'm just not convinced that this narrative that's been creative that is that, that Nick Chubb is going to get everything this season because Kareem Hump, Hunt is not in town uh, is, uh, you know, is going to play out for us. So I think where we have him right now is a little bit high, uh, both in Dynasty and Redraft, to be honest with you. Wow. If I think if we would have been doing a veteran players that could somehow gain value uh, in in Dynasty, um, I think Chubb would be just this high on that in that draft. I really feel like the opportunity to catch passes this year it gives him a chance to be the number one uh, running back in fantasy. So I, I didn't consider He's- Chubb, but. He's just never done it. Like he's just never really, he's just never really done that. You know, even, even before Kareem Hunt, he didn't really do it. So I, I I don't, I don't know. I just, I think it's a big leap to say that all of a sudden in what is a year five, year four, year five, uh, that he's just going to start catching a bunch of passes. I'll stay at the running back position with the fourth pick. I'm going to go with Travis Etienne. I'm, I'm worried about what's going on down there. And, and I think, Jacksonville has been giving us hints um, really since the end of last season that they don't want to use Travis Etienne like they did a year ago. The, that coaching staff said, we, we need to get somebody to finish around the goal line. And that's really what they did with Tank Bigsby in the draft. Etienne converted just three of 13 goal line carries last year. That That's, uh, that's inside the five runs. That's only 23%. The league average is 39.2%. They showed in the preseason that they want to give Bigsby these uh, third and short goal line, short yardage opportunities. And if that happens to, to ETN, that really takes away a lot of the ceiling that he, that a lot of dynasty managers feel he had coming off of last season where he carried the ball 220 times and went north of 1,100 yards, scored just five touchdowns, but that made him a solid RB2 when you added on the 35 catches that he had for 300-plus yards. He's not a touchdown scorer. At least he hasn't been to this point in his career. And holding on to that 48th overall spot in our Superflex ADP, that, that, seems, that seems unlikely. Yeah, I've got some concerns about Travis Etienne as well. And um, yeah, like you said, it, it feels like the Jaguars have been telling us uh, what they're thinking and, and how they're valuing and, and viewing him as a player. Um, I've got the next pick here. I am going to I'm going to go with the quarterback. Uh, we are we are talking super flex ADP. And uh, there's a player that I just think is going way too high for uh, what his outlook is at least this season might look like. I'm going to take Bryce Young here, uh, the rookie quarterback of the Panthers. Uh, Quarterback 13 right now, 20th overall in our Superflex ADP. Um, And I think the the concerns in Carolina are pretty obvious with with that line, um, with, uh, you know, Bryce Young's size, honestly, not just, just, um, you know, can he see over the line or, or those types of questions, but, um, his, his weight, his build, his frame, can he sustain, um, getting hit and hammered all season long? Like, you know, honestly, like we saw in the preseason, um, 
you know, and that's not even factoring in the weapons that they have or lack of weapons that they have there in Carolina. Um, you know, I kind of like a couple of those guys as values, Jonathan Mingo and, and Adam Thielen, if we're talking uh, short term, at least with Thielen. But uh, big picture, I don't know if those are guys at this point that can elevate a rookie quarterback. I think those are all fair, uh, fair points that you, that you make. And I think dynasty managers everywhere are excited about the player and and not, I'm certainly not saying that you're not Ryan. He, he still has that upside, but, but the, the playmakers around him landed him on my list as well. Uh, maybe not quite this high, but I can see where you're going with that one. Matt, you're up for the next pick. Yeah, this one might, uh, if you guys didn't like the Chubb one, you're probably going to hate this one too. I said uh, <laughs> Devontae Adams, uh, 44 overall, wide right. receiver 16. Like it just, the vibes are bad surrounding the situation. You know, they traded for him so he could go be with his buddy Derek Carr and they moved him out for under him. And now there's all this these trade rumors that he might be, uh, you know, the next to move if, if Las Vegas starts out slow. And I think they're going to do that. They start out at Denver, yes. at Buffalo. <laughs> At Denver, at Buffalo, then Pittsburgh, and then at the, the Los Angeles Chargers. So, I mean, I see an 0-4 situation here for them. And if they don't if, if they don't end up trading Adams, you know, I can just see it that relationship going pretty pretty bad. And if they do move on from him, then, you know, it depends on where he goes. But I'm sure if he goes to a situation he loves, whether it's New Orleans or back to the Packers, has even been r- rumored. I don't really necessarily see that happening. Um, but if it was one, a, a spot like that, and you could see him rebounding. But if he stays on the Raiders, uh, I think not only is it the age we're worried about in terms of his dynasty value, I think the production is probably coming down this season as well he's going to the jets right he's got to go to the jets come on <laughs> yeah they uh, do they have a, do they have any money left <laughs> it doesn't matter that doesn't matter uh no i'm, I'm yeah, kind Rod, of rogers gave him a whole but a, a whole bunch of it <laughs> i went to the, yeah <laughs> no I'm, I'm kind of on board with that one uh i mean obviously adam's one of one of the best receivers we've seen over the past uh half decade or so um but yeah, this that's for me, it's more and you kind of outline that too, Matt. It's more team concerns than yeah. specific player concerns. But uh getting to that age, same same things we said about Cooper Cup. Once you get, you know, over that certain age, 28, 30, whatever it may be, a negative on your, you know, on your record is, is gonna carry so much more weight in, in dynasty uh circles. Uh, so I'm up with the seventh pick, and I'm going to pick one that Matt probably is not going to like. Uh, back to the running back position. I took it's Kyle JK. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it's J.K. Dobbins, yeah, the Baltimore I, Ravens. We get it. Yeah, I, I can really see it. I, I've gotten more nervous as the preseason has gone on. I don't know what that whole hold-in situation was. He was he was trying to get more money out of the Ravens, but really nothing's he's done to this point in his career would make me believe, and I don't think made that front office in Baltimore believe that he deserved a new contract, let alone a pay raise. Um, To be honest with you, there's a chance J.K. Dobbins isn't a Baltimore Raven next year. He's never really proven himself as a great pass catcher, although he's a a plus um, uh, pass blocker out of the backfield, and that might help him stay on the field. I, I still believe that he's the number one running back on that depth chart but I don't think he's that he's not head and shoulders above the rest of that rest of the guys in that running back room in Baltimore. Now they added Todd Munkin who wants to, as their offensive coordinator, he's going to want to air it out just a little bit more. Um, 
again, JK is not a, not a great pass catcher, not an elite pass catcher for sure. And then when you add on the fact that he has a running quarterback, that's going to take opportunities at the goal line. He has Gus Edwards in that backfield who is a proven short yardage back. It just doesn't point to great season for JK Dobbins. And when you look at our ADP right now, Dobbins comes in at RB 17. He's expected to be an RB two. He can certainly do that. But if he comes in as the 17th best scoring running back in fantasy, I think that that sounds fine. It's his age 24 season going in next year to his age 25 season, going to be a free agent potentially. I don't know that he lands in a place that we're all excited about his landing spot, even if he has a decent season. So I think there's a good chance he's outside the top 20 in these rankings next year. In fact, he could be outside of the top 24 or 26, and I wouldn't be that surprised. He's not a guy I want to depend on in 2023. Yeah, I've got I've got uh, concerns about Dobbins as well. Another one that we're on the same page on for sure. I'm going to stick in Carolina here um, in the Carolina backfield. Actually, I took Bryce Young last time. I'm going to go with Miles Sanders here. He's the RB 23 okay. in our ADP right now, 90 overall, and I'm just not sure that we know if Miles Sanders is that good. You even look at his his season last year, which uh, was his best year since his rookie season. He was sharing a backfield with multiple other running backs and uh, played in one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, He did have three monster games of uh, 25-plus fantasy points. Uh, But he also had, uh, let's see, he had eight games with single-digit fantasy points. So a lot of ceiling and floor games for Miles Sanders. And now you move from the best team in the NFC to uh, perhaps the worst in Carolina. I already talked about uh, how bad that uh, that offensive line is, and it, it's it's going to be a long season, I think, for Miles Sanders. That's a yeah. I think ultimately that is going to play out. He does have a very palatable early season schedule. I've seen some say that Carolina has the best uh, early season schedule for running backs. They they play at Atlanta, then New Orleans, at Seattle, and Minnesota. So. Um, I think ultimately it plays out that way, but maybe the first hit, half of the season or the first first month of the season or so, if you do have him and he, he does produce well, get out. <laughs> we, we've been saying that yeah. on on Miles Sanders all offseason. So uh, I think you do have a, you will have a window if you have still not gotten out of that uh, that particular asset. Uh, all right, uh, I'm going to go. I had to start off with two top fifty players. I'm definitely not picking a top fifty player here, although I think this has come up some in our new uh, unreleased ADP. I'm going to go, I'm going to pick Dalvin cook uh, 136 overall running back 40 in August, but I, I'm assuming it's, it's higher than that. Uh, in our next one, um, this is like, he, he, he has the scenario played out for him where he is going to be productive in the first half of the season. Once Brees hall is going to uh, once he gets healthy, he's going to take over. And I think he's really going to lead the second half of that season. The problem is that they have maybe the absolute worst uh, set of, of of matchups for running backs to open the season. Buffalo at Dallas, New England, and Kansas City. But all four of those, I would argue, are top ten run defenses. So, during the time where Dalvin Cook is it should be getting the majority of the workload, uh, is the time when they have the most difficult schedule. So, uh, I, I if if you have someone in your league that is optimistic about Dalvin Cook over the first part of the season, I would go ahead and sell them now. 
Yeah, no problem with that pick, Delvin Cook. Uh, but I guess he, I guess he gained some value back, a little bit of value back by signing with the Jets, and yeah. that's to that's understandable. I, I'm with you. Although early in the season, he could have those those strong games as they ease in uh, Brees Hall, and that that could gain a little bit more value, and maybe you could get more uh, a month from now. We'll see how that shakes out. I'm my fourth pick is going to be another running back. I'm I feel like I'm picking on the position. It's Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams. Um going back to his rookie year, there were concerns about Akers, but when he took over that backfield late that season, he looked so good, so dynamic both as a pass catcher and a runner. In fact, he was a top 10 runner for a 5 5 week stretch in fantasy. And that elevated him way up dynasty rankings and all the way up our ADP. In fact, he was a second round pick and a guy that we were building teams around. Then, of course, he had that Achilles injury in his second year, fought all the way back and got back to play late in the season. That was that was awesome. And that's a great story. But he I I saw a thread on Twitter here recently of his missed cutbacks from a year ago and they were real bad. They, they didn't look like NFL runners. In fact, it reminded some uh, who were commenting of Trent Richardson. And that's not a guy you want to be compared to. Um, he struggles in pass pro. It, it, in fact, that almost got him traded a year ago, almost got him cut off the team. There was a, there was a point where dynasty managers couldn't start him because he was just away from the team as the team tried to trade him. And somehow he's still the RB 21 and 86 overall in our super flex ADP. I think there are 10 running backs I would want over him at this point. I am i don't have Cam Akers anywhere, but I wouldn't want him. I'd trade him before week one. Everything, like I, Ryan said earlier, things, things seem to be falling apart. There's not great vibes with the Rams right now, and that could continue with Cam Akers. Yeah, I mean, again, it's really you, – you, that's your second Ram. I don't know if that was intentional, Dan, but uh, the Rams, the Panthers, you know, these teams are showing up in this mock draft for a reason. These are teams we are concerned about and teams that really we don't want to invest in. Um, I'm going to go with, with uh, a team that I think will be a good team and a player that I think will be a good player this year, but just not quite as good as he has been. I'm going way back up to the top of the ranks, Austin Eckler. He is the RB2, according to this ADP, which uh, I think that is way too high in general, 22 overall. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of excitement about that offense with Kellen Moore coming in, but most of that centers around uh, how it could improve the pass game and how Justin Herbert could take the next step. And and those three receivers there could, uh, could be in for big years as well. Uh, for Austin Eckler, though, I'm, I'm not sure it, it's going to be such a good thing. I, I think targets come down. I think touchdowns. I mean, I know after his 2021 season, he scored 20 touchdowns, and uh, the narrative was he won't do that again. And he didn't, but he still scored 18. Uh, so, but, again, I think those touchdowns come way down. Uh, he's averaged 110 targets over the past two seasons. Uh, drop that to – uh, more like 90, um, and and we're going to see a big production dip. Still a player that I expect to be in that RB1 range. But again, at his age, if that's the way he's producing as a low-end RB1, he's going to be in for a big value drop. I don't have a problem with him ending up on this list. I didn't have him in my top 15, but I certainly considered him. I, 
I like the quarter or the offensive coordinator change. I know there's some people that that say, "Oh, that they don't." They, the Cowboys never threw to running backs, and I, I don't really buy that. When you have a Lamborghini, you drive it and you use it like <laughs> like you're supposed to. You don't you don't uh, put them in the garage or you, you don't use them like a pickup truck or something like that. He's going to get the ball on the edge. That's what Austin Eckler has done throughout his entire career. I agree with you though, Ryan. He's he's touchdown dependent. He's going to need that. And if those touchdowns don't come, he's going to take a big hit in fantasy value, which will in turn destroy potentially his dynasty value. Matt, you are up next. And then we got one more round to go. Yeah, this one makes me a little bit sad because we like the player so much, but I'm going to go with DJ Moore, 63 overall wide receiver, 22. I think he's priced, you know, I think he's priced fine. But he has yet he has not finished as a, a better than the wide receiver 18 in the last three years. And we can argue that his volume is going to be drastically reduced here in Chicago uh, unless that entire offense changes. Right. So um, I just don't see him him being even that fringe wide receiver, too. Um, I, th- I think he's going to be more of that wide receiver three, more like, like flex play almost for us, not somebody who we're going to want to count on on a, on a, every single week, uh, unless he's going to take 70 yard badly thrown screen passes to the house every single week. Uh, we're going to be disappointed in what we get from DJ Moore. Yeah, I consider DJ Moore and that was really, a uh, I guess, I guess thoughts about my, my hatred for how his quarterback can't deliver him the football, you know, can't, can't (laughs) get it to him in stride, which is what DJ Moore needs. The thing that stops me or gave me pause was that, was that fields just has to get it close to him. And he's so good after the catch that he could still save his, his fantasy day with one play by breaking a couple tackles and using that speed to, to get down the sideline. I think that's going to happen enough that dynasty players will, will hold on and keep, keep holding on and, and uh, think, think maybe DJ Moore will get a real quarterback that can get him the ball at some point. Uh, maybe that'll be this year, but I don't have a problem with you having DJ Moore on the, on the list. I got my final pick here and I'm going to pick another guy that we have all liked for a while now. I think it's Greg Dulcich all the way down there at 131 in our ADP. And he's a, he's a tight end that I think many dynasty managers are hoping makes the, makes the leap into like big time tight end one production. He's currently tight end 12 in our ADP. And I've seen some rank him as high as nine or 10. So the expectations are high, but the usage hasn't been there. Even in the preseason this year, we've seen, we've seen the uh, Sean Payton um, kind of go away from Dulcich, right? He brought in his guy from new Orleans. Um, Troutman. I'm blank. Troutman, Adam Troutman, and Troutman played 15 snaps, uh, or or uh, of the of the um, I can't remember the stat now, and, and I'm blanking on it. But it was uh, it was Troutman played a lot more with um, Russell with Wilson. their starting group with Russell Wilson than than Dulcich did. And in fact, Dulcich got put pushed to second second string duty. He was playing with backups often and and the times he was getting on the field was only in 12 personnel which is two tight ends and he was used as that pass catcher the guy that's going to run the seam but if Dulcich is only running a low percentage of pass routes comparatively to last season when he was on the field a lot in passing downs 
that's going to that's gonna cap his ceiling, and we're not going to see as many of those big plays. Dulcich caught 33 balls for 400 yards and a couple of touchdowns last year, but that was based on him becoming that full-time starter halfway through the season and getting those opportunities in the red zone. But if he's not getting those chances, we could see one of those guys that catches three or four balls every week, 25, 35 yards, and if he doesn't score – that's just going to take away another season where we hope he's going to be the guy down the road. And if he doesn't do it in year two, we're going to be in the same spot. But instead of uh, tight end 12, we're going to see him closer to tight end 18 in these rankings, which, of course, is a, a drop in value. Yeah, I'm, I really like Dulcich, so I'm hoping that was uh, that preseason was some kind of a smoke screen or something like that. But... Uh, yeah, I'm not, not feeling great about that one. Um, I'm torn on my last pick. I've got several guys here still on my list. I think I'm going to go with, um, honestly, this one feels like kind of a layup, but I I think we've got to get his name out there. I'm going to take Michael Pittman. He is the wide receiver 28, uh, 76 overall. And, um, honestly, I was, I was concerned about Michael Pittman and his value and his production before they drafted uh, Anthony Richardson and uh, Richardson, while we're excited about his upside, uh, we're excited about those big fantasy uh, games he could produce. I don't think we're necessarily excited to see him as a thrower, as a passer, at least not yet. And I mean, Michael Pittman simply is not a wide receiver one for an NFL team. He's not, I think he, he would be a great second option on that team or on any team. But if he's your top option, I think uh, that says a lot about your team. And, I mean, Pittman, honestly, has just gotten worse over the years. Maybe that's a result of the the quarterback carousel that they've had there. Maybe things improve as uh, as Richardson improves. But that's not happening in year one. That's not happening this year for Pittman. Matt, who's the last player we're going to pick in this bust mock draft? I feel like I'm picking a little bit of layup here, but I want to get a quarterback in there and I want to highlight just how difficult the Patriots open season opening to the season is for the passing offense. Mac Jones is 96 overall, still a top 100 player. He's only quarterback 28. So it's not like he can go much lower as a starting fantasy option, but I, I kind of feel like he's he's one of these prime candidates to not having starting job next year. So if you can still get anything for Mac Jones, probably do it before this opening set of the season, which is Philly, Miami, the Jets, and the Dallas at the New York Jets and at the Dallas Cowboys. All I would say, what top five uh, pass defenses in the league. So I think it's going to be a rough opening schedule for Mac Jones. Is you know is quote unquote top option there. And Juju Juju Smith Schuster is sounds like his knee is it's a catastrophe, right? So um, it just, he has no weapons. He has a difficult opening opening schedule. I just have no faith in in Mac Jones for uh, at all this season. And if I still have him, it's time to get out for really whatever you can get. There were a handful of other players that I yeah. I added to my list. Yeah. I actually had Isaiah Pacheco on my list. I'm I'm still not a hundred percent true blue believer in Pacheco. I think he played above his head potentially last year, and a year from now he could be on the outs. Um, Michael Thomas is kind of a layup on this mm-hmm. list. He's he's at like 142. Matt Stafford was pretty high on the list. I could have gone three Rams. He's at 77 in our Superflex ADP. Um, I thought that was too easy though. We he's one bad year away from being out of the league, to be honest with you. 
Um, Trey Lance was kind of easy. Juju was on my list. Yeah. I had Cole Komet there. And Jameson Williams was the last guy I had on my list. I'm real concerned about what's going on there in Detroit with uh, J-Mo. He, he better impress early once he gets on the field. Anybody else for you, Matt? Yeah, I had Derrick Henry, James Cook, uh, both Titans receivers and their tight end, honestly. Um, and uh, I have Dalton Kincaid, but that feels cheating since he's a rookie and is probably going to struggle early. Ryan, anybody for you? Uh, yeah. Russell Wilson kind of in, in the same mold as the Stafford pick. Uh, I mean, he's just, he's a six rounder. I can't imagine spending a six yeah. round startup pick sure. on Russell Wilson. Um, Kadarius Tony, I really thought I would pick him again. Uh, didn't, didn't get to him, but he's still being overvalued in my opinion. I had Hopkins as well. Matt mentioned him, mm-hmm. uh, and both Hawkinson and Kittle, I could see, uh, taking a step back again this year, uh, or I should say this year. Um, and they're both top five tight ends right now. We overlap quite a bit. I considered both tight Titans receivers, Kittle as well. They were, they were all considerations for sure. If there's somebody on the list here, Matt, that you want on your dynasty team, somebody, somebody take somebody that didn't belong. It's, it's pits for you, right? Oh, easily. This is not even, a, not, not even a question. I think, I mean, how about you, Ryan? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I've said <laughs> enough about pits. I don't need to keep going. Ryan, who doesn't belong on this list? I agree. Nick Chubb, of course. Come on, Matt. What are you doing? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Chubb's going to be great this year. He's going to add Listen, to his dynasty value, even though he's aging. you got to make some bold picks. Otherwise, it's a boring episode. That's fair. Well, it's never boring with Matt Price <laughs> on the show making picks. Let's move on to the questions. Let's hear from the listeners. It's time for the question of the week. We actually have a few questions of the week. We'll get to as many as we can. Uh, Matt, you found these on Discord. We appreciate that. The first one from Gingerbread Man. What are your thoughts on Jaco- or Josh Jacobs this year? He's back with the Raiders. You good with him, Matt? I think he's going to be more of the volume-based play this season. You know, the, part of the draw from from getting him last season was that he was down in the seventh and eighth round in dynasty startups and, and also in redraft, right? That the, the price was just so cheap. Um, and now it's not the case, you know, he's a, he's a fourth round pick again. So uh, I just, based on the price, I just, I, I feel like if I can get a, a first round pick for him, I'm going to take that all day uh, and just get out now. But I think if you have him on your roster, you're a strong contender. He'll be fine production wise for this year. I just, I just, I just don't, I just think that the, the value you've gained by having him on a roster when he was, was he the running back one overall top three, whatever it was last season uh, is going to come down this season. Yeah. I, I, I like trading for him right now. Honestly, yeah. if I'm a contender, he's, he's at RB 14, I think in our ADP 40 overall. And that suggests you can get him potentially for a late first. And if all you have to do is give up that 24 late first, and that's the guy that puts you over the top. And I'm talking you're a true contender to win the league. Maybe maybe one of them guys that want to go back-to-back. Uh, I can see adding Josh Jacobs right now. The, the fear from what happened with the contract, that makes me believe that dynasty managers might be – you might be able to peel him away and get, get a top five running back for a late first. Uh, Ryan, this one comes from Dapper Dan. He asks, can he, he wonders if he can trust Brees Hall and Javante Williams early in the season, or if he should be looking to add running backs for the first six weeks uh, on his contending team. What are your thoughts there? 
Uh, yeah, de- definitely cannot trust those guys. Uh, I don't think, <laughs> it, uh, not to start the season at least. Uh, I mean, I think we've all kind of um, expressed some optimism for Brees Hall big picture and, and even in the back part of the season, but to start the season, I would not feel comfortable starting either one of those guys. I, I still like some Ajay P Ryan as a target, uh, it, you know, again, for the first six weeks or so. And, and there's several others. I, I know Matt has done that research on the uh, early season schedule. So maybe he can throw a few names out as targets, but Honestly, you should have been trying to grab those running backs already if you were a or if you view your view yourself as a contender. Matt, you can get to those that list of running backs if you got some there, but I was going to echo those sentiments. Maybe maybe this team isn't a contender with Brees Hall and Javante if those are your top two running backs. But if you hmm. have you know, if you have Saquon Barkley as your RB1 and you just didn't include him in this question, then you probably are. So maybe maybe you should take a real hard look at that roster because Hall and Javante, we, we all we feel good about them. We feel um, like the second half of the season could be better than the first half for sure. But to count on them as your top two running backs in a start two running back leagues oh, that, that seems a little bit risky and like maybe you're a fringe playoff team rather than a contender. Matt, did you have anything to add? Uh, just in terms of cheap running back options that maybe you can add to help you out early. We mentioned Carolina before. You know, we none of us really want Miles Sanders, but, you know, if you get four easy games out the start, maybe you can find Sanders for cheap, you know, right now before they play their first game. Um, Indianapolis, but, you know, which one is it going to be? It's Deion Jackson for week one, but is it going to be Zach Moss messing stuff up? Is Evan Hull going to mess stuff up? I just, I don't think I would touch them. Green, the, Both Green Bay running backs, uh, I think, are probably fairly priced. Uh, they have a nice opening schedule with Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Detroit. Um, so, yeah, I think there are options out there. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't necessarily go out and try to add a top flight talent, uh, you know, as an expensive talent is another way to put it, um, but you can't count on both of those guys maybe maybe one of them but even that feels like a stretch so try to find some cheap fill-ins i guess for the first four to six weeks how about the how about the handcuff play you go try to get some ajp ryan so you got a little I'm insurance not, policy but maybe not delvin cook out delvin. there even though you called him a bust matt yeah not delvin but p ryan for sure <laughs> All right, Ryan, uh, this one comes from David Jacobson. What are things you are looking for in week one to confirm or refute your predictions? For instance, if the Giants tight ends get a high target share, I think he's talking about our guy, Darren Waller there. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I've kind of been looking back at how I – how I approach those early week and even week one games last year and the exercise we just did that bust mock draft. I drafted Devonte Smith in that draft last year. <laughs> and then in week one, Devonte Smith, I believe caught zero Goose passes. Yep. And I came yeah. on here and patted myself on the back and, <laughs> uh, you know, said, if you were still holding on, go ahead and get rid of him now. And he's, skinny and whatever and he's the second option (laughs) on that team and you know some of those things are still true but the rest of the season I was I was eating my words so as far as how I'm gonna be approaching week one I'm gonna try to be patient I'm going to um, not assume that what we see in week one is what we will see the rest of the season so um, 
maybe maybe not what David was looking for there, but that's kind of a lesson I learned, especially last year. I just think it's too early, mm. too too little. I mean, we know this is a low sample size game, but like one week is not enough. We need like two, three, four data points. Like I think I think three is where I'm really starting to make decisions about the future of this, not only the future of the team, but for the current season. So you need a, you need a few more weeks, I think. Really, week one is an extension of the preseason. Yeah, because this is really the 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 starters. A lot of them out there are getting their feet wet for the first time. They didn't even play in the preseason. Maybe played a drive or two. So they're they're not used to playing NFL football for sixty minutes, and that's what they're going to have to do for the first time in like nine months for a lot of these guys. Stephen Duke has our final question here, Matt. It says, "How many games do you give struggling players for, before giving up on them?" I guess it. I guess it depends how you take that term giving up on them, but this piggybacks off the last question early in the season. Are you, are you willing to move off of guys after those three or four games? What's your plan for that? Um, I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to capitalize on any early season hype, I guess, especially for teams that are, are not contending. Uh, you know, any, any, any player that kind of comes out of nowhere, uh, I'm trying to get rid of those guys pretty pretty quickly on teams that aren't contending. On on contending teams, you know, I'm honestly probably going to be a little bit more set in my ways because I've I don't know how you guys how you guys run your starting lineups in seasons for your strong contenders, but I try to make it as easy as possible on myself in terms of lineup decisions. I want as few possible lineup spots to be a debate in my head. You know, if I can get to eight solid starters that are clearly a higher value and more potential for points than, than the rest of the guys on my roster, I only have one or two really, you know, kind of head scratching decisions to make. Um, that's how I want my strong contenders to be. So if I've already developed that team from that, from that perspective, I'm not going to give up on them after a couple of weeks um, by week four, you know, unless I'm, unless I'm like four and oh, then maybe I'm looking to make some moves. Um, but for the most part, on the strong contenders, I'm, I'm, I'm standing pat because I've already assembled my team uh, the way I want it to be. I know I said that was the last question, but Ryan, we got to fit a couple more in here. Um, how are we valuing Kyler these days? This comes from Riles. Uh, compared to guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and even draft-eligible quarterbacks to, for 2024, this is a good question as we enter the season because the expectation, of course, is set Kyler's going to be on the bench. He'll be on the sideline for at least the first four weeks. Looks like probably more than that. Now there's whispers that maybe we don't see Kyler at all in 2023. So how should dynasty managers be approaching the season for him? I think he's a great buy low target. I think he's going to remain a great buy low target for the next several weeks. And uh, yeah, I, I don't expect to see him at least not anytime soon. And that, that goes beyond those uh, four weeks that he'll be out uh, because of the pup list designation. Um, I mean, in, as far as comparing him to Bryce Young or Stroud or, um, you know, even Caleb Williams or, or Drake May from next year's class, I don't think we have to do that. I, I, that's not, um, you know, I don't think you have to give up Bryce Young to get him. You're, you're going to be able to buy lower than that. Um, so honestly, he's, he's being valued, uh, at least in my leagues, behind all of those guys. If you're talking about a potential 101 or, you know, a top three pick of, from next year, it's, it's not going to take that to get uh, Kyler Murray. So I don't think you even necessarily have to compare those players right now. 
I love that advice. He's a great buy low right now if you can get him. A lot of managers are going to be holding if they're smart, though, because uh, Kyler's going to going to regenerate some of that value. Uh, Riles also asked Matt about JT. We didn't touch on him on this show. I know we mentioned him last week, but how we how we approaching JT? Are we going to buy low on him? I don't. I don't think so. I just he's. I think he is going to be productive again in the NFL, but he's never going to reach the value that he had, you know, at his high. I mean, certainly not running back one overall. I, I would be surprised if he even gets back to the top, you know, eight, eight to 10 picks in a one quarterback league. And certainly not in the first round in a, in a super flex league. I did pull up some trades for him right now. Uh, you guys can let me know what you think. I don't think I want him on in any of these uh, Jonathan Taylor for Jordan Addison and a 2024 20, second. I kind of just want Addison. No, I kind of just want Addison. Um, Taylor for Amon Ross Brown straight up, not doing that. Taylor for Zay Flowers in a first next year, not doing that. Jonathan Taylor for no. Travis Etienne, straight up. I would take JT in that one. Yeah, I think so too. But you know that we're getting pretty close to the line there. You know, maybe you're swapping him for another running back that you probably didn't think you were going to have to uh, cash out JT for. You know three months ago, but it's, it, that's where he's at now. Um, so I don't think I'm going to buy low the shares that I, I don't I actually don't think I have any shares, but if I did, I'm probably holding because I just don't know if you're getting uh, a significant value for him right now. Well, I think the ETN example that you gave there, Matt is, is a good example of actually buying low. Some of those other ones weren't really, I, I, I could see somebody getting really upset, really nervous about what's going on and sell them for, for Joe Mixon or, mm-hmm. or one of these, you know, older running backs that are in line to have nice seasons. And if you can do that, I like that type of move. But um, if, if it's not even Derrick Henry, I could trade Derrick Henry for JT right now on the, if I had the right construction, if I have Henry on a team that's, a fringe playoff team and and one injury away from, from falling apart, I'd rather buy back those years. But if you're talking about some of those other ones, that ARSB one, that one's rough. Uh, (laughs) And then Addison in a second. um, The other one you, you mentioned was Zay and a first Um, man, that that's not buying low at this point. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's going to do it for this week's edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. We appreciate everybody for living, listening. We are going to try to record on Sunday night moving forward. So hopefully your podcast will be in your feed by Monday morning. If it's not, it probably meant that Matt was on vacation. Then. <laughs> uh, so we had to record on Monday, but I kid. Uh, we're going to do that throughout the year. Try to get that Dynasty content to you right away Monday morning so you can listen and be on top of your leagues. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.